Do you want to work for your own dreams or work on somebody else's dreams? That's why I'm here doing what I'm doing now. I was tired of other people writing my story for me. So that's just what you want to ask yourself. And then I bet you anything, you'll just go for it. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey, guys. Welcome, welcome back to the show. It's Nikayla here. Welcome back to another episode of Side Hustle Pro. Today in the guest chair, we have Caroline Awusu Ansa. Caroline is the founder and smooth operating officer at Love Scrub, which is a company that focuses on smooth skin by way of exfoliation. The Love Scrub itself is an exfoliating mesh sheet that will have you trading in your rags, washcloths, and loofahs. It was a staple in Caroline's home growing up. Born to Ghanaian parents, she graduated from UMass Amherst with a degree in apparel marketing and went into a career of branding and retail merchandising. Her role was a critical one as she assisted with merchandising direction for different retail brands across North America. With the skills she learned from that career, she was able to bring Love Scrub to life. Caroline has a true passion for building brands, presentation, the overall customer experience, you name it. And she wants everyone to experience the love and toss that loofah. Her efforts were recently rewarded by Allure magazine as she won Best of Beauty for 2020. And in this episode, I really appreciate what Caroline had to share about starting her company, stopping going back to work for someone else for a while, and then returning to it once she was better equipped to scale the company. That is so real, something so many of us can relate to. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the guest chair, Caroline. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here long overdue. Now, Caroline, you are a first-generation Ghanaian. What was your first experience with entrepreneurship? Yeah, well, um, at a young age, I've always daydreamed and fantasized about being an entrepreneur. And I always felt like it was something just in my bones that I needed to like get out. Um, so I've always fantasized about opening a boutique store or also having either a consulting business, being a designer. So yeah, that's kind of where it started. And it's something that I've always wanted to pursue. Uh, but I wasn't sure exactly when it was going to happen, but I just knew it was going to happen one day. Um, I had no idea I was going to end up designing um, back cloths for a living, but yeah. <laughs> glamorous, right? <laughs> exactly what you pictured. <laughs> but you have made it glamorous. That is the crazy part. So now you graduated from UMass Amherst with a degree in apparel marketing. You went into a career of branding and retail merchandising. Walk us through that journey. Yeah, so um, at UMass Amherst, um, you know, I graduated apparel marketing, which prepared me with for anything that I wanted to do in fashion um, on the business end. So I could either be a buyer, planner, I could go into sales, but I decided to go into retail merchandising and branding. And how that came about was I, um, in college, I actually worked at a store and I absolutely loved working in the store, dressing mannequins, um, making displays. And after getting out of, out of college, I was like, wow, I really love this and I want to pursue this. So after college, I went into the role of being a 
in it's called like brand management for actually express and i was in charge of the store presentation for one location so anything from like the mannequins the windows the way that everything was laid out in the stores um, from how the marketing was placed um, and just making sure that every customer had a really amazing shopping experience and i wanted to pursue that for my career so after being in one store, I was um, overseeing a territory of stores. And then by the time I ended my career, I was um, overseeing North America for several retailers, um, being in charge of the look and feel of all locations, no matter if they were a lot of square footage like, or if they were small square footage, if they were high volume, small volume. Um, I also worked very close with the corporate team to create the directives for um, all stores to make sure that they all look the same. So. For instance, if you go into a Gap store in Oklahoma, it was important that it looked exactly like the Gap that was in Manhattan. So I did that and I absolutely loved it, but I got completely burnt out and I just needed to make a change. So that's incredible what you accomplished and everything that you were in charge of. I've read a little bit about your story. I didn't know that part, but I did read that you grew up using this type of mesh body loofah in your household and it was so normal to you. Did you think this was like unique to your culture or that everyone else used that? Yeah. So growing up, my mom um, handed me this product when I was about five years old. Everybody got had one in the family. We all had our own color. And I thought it was like just something everybody used. But then when I would, you know, got older and, you know, we have sleepovers at my friends' houses, I noticed that everybody was had like a poofy thing hanging in their bathroom. And I'd be like, why are they using this? <laughs> I always thought it was so weird. because I'm just like, those things don't work. Those are gross. Like whatever. I know I'm clean. I love what I'm using. And, um, you know, I never really thought twice about it. And then I remember, um, my best friend in college, she came and slept over and she borrowed mine without asking permission. And I remember her coming out of the bathroom and she was like, what is this? I need one of these. Um, and I told her what it was. And, you know, she's like, she begged my parents to bring her one. Wow. Yeah. So she, uh, my parents found one for her. She was using it. Her husband was using it. I think her sister might've used it too. And I was just like, wow, this is not how it's supposed to go. But, right. what? but that was like my- I'm first... not going to judge anyone's yeah. shower practices. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, whatever. But um, that was like my first moment when I was like, wait a second, like, wow, other people besides Ghanaians like to use this product. So I always thought that was interesting. But back then I wasn't like, you know, I didn't think about opening, starting a business. So I didn't think, wow, I can make this a business. I just thought it was really cool. And then I remember telling a couple of my other friends about it. And my friend was like, oh yeah, I want one. I want one. I want one. And this is back in 2001. This was like years ago. So that's kind of when the idea kind of like, I knew it was something, but I like, I didn't do anything with it. So it was back then. Yeah. Mm, there's a powerful comment right there because how many of us know we're onto something or know we have an awesome idea and we just we just didn't do anything with or we just don't know what to do with that. Right. At what point did it occur to you to make your own? How many years later? Yeah. So fast forward to 2011. Um, I was at a rooftop party in Brooklyn you know, hanging out with new friends, um, drinking wine. And I remember going to this party, there's two women that I'd never met before. And they complimented me on my skin. And they were like, wow, your skin is so beautiful. And I think it might have been the wine. 
But I said to them, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been using this product since I was, you know, five years old. And they were like, oh, you should package it and sell it. And I was like, wait a second. So I just kept thinking about it the whole night. And I was like, wow, like, I've never thought about this. I've been looking at this thing my whole life, (laughs) pretty much. And I never thought to make this a business. So that night, I actually went back home and my brother and his girlfriend at the time, who was as a massage therapist, were at my apartment and I ran the idea by them. And they were like, wow, that's an amazing idea. So um, Christy was my brother girlfriend at the time. She said, you know, I could, you know, show the spa just get me some samples. And I was just like, yeah, okay. So the next day, um, the day after that, sorry, I went into the city and I traveled to every single like store that I could think of that would sell the product or could sell the product from Dwayne Reed. I even went to Henry Vendel. I went to Sephora and I was like, wait a second, nobody has this product. Like this is an amazing product. I don't understand why this isn't being sold on the market. So um, I went ahead and I reached out to my parents and I said, hey, you know, can you guys send me some products so I can send some samples to the spa? The spa was like a luxury spa in Boston. And I literally just wrote a note, like had I put it in a box. I had no company name. I had nothing, but I had no packaging and I just sent it to them. And then three weeks later, I followed up and they said, oh yeah, we want to um, order these for our three locations. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> I was freaking out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was, I didn't know what, to, like, I knew what to do, but I didn't know what to do, but I knew what to do, if that makes sense. So I called all my friends um, and I was like, listen, guys, this is what's going on. I need you to help me come up with a company name. So for about a week, I drove my friends crazy and we came up with Love Scrub because I love it. And I was <laughs> like, okay, that's the name. And um, right away, I, you know, I got product, I came up, I figured out packaging, I've always had in my head that I wanted this product to be displayed in a package, I thought that was really important. Mm -hmm. And I made it happen, I rolled it out, and um, it sold really well. And then um, it also was sold in about 11 other stores. And I sold I did it for like a few months. Um, And I think I stopped doing it in like May 2012. And I why did you stop at that time? I was exhausted. I, like I said, I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know what I was doing. I did not have a business plan. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of just happened. Like I literally sent samples in and then three weeks later, I I have a, like, I have an account. So I really didn't have time to plan, you know, anything. And I was just burnt out and I just didn't know. I, I don't know. I like to do everything like great. And I just didn't feel like I was doing it great. So I wanted to stop, go back to work. Um, but revisit it, but do it with intention. That makes a lot of sense. You've said so many things that are just so powerful and I can relate to wanting to do things right, knowing, having that self-awareness to know, yeah, this is working and people are buying it, but behind the scenes, things are not where I want it to be. So even as you're telling the story, my head is kind of spinning, like the idea of (laughs) getting a few samples, getting an account. How do you consistently fulfill orders when you didn't have the time to really think through that fulfillment process, that whole workflow of getting the products consistently? Did you run into an issue there? I would have to say the hardest part was putting the packaging together. That was the hardest thing. As far as getting the product here, that was all under control. Why was that so such a big thing? It was 
because you needed like an actual fulfillment center to put the scrubs in a box? We weren't there yet. Okay, you weren't there yet. Yeah, like like in 2011, um, I literally was doing this like pretty much by myself, like making the packaging by myself, like running to Kinko's, um, right, like printing out the descriptions that had to go in the back of the box, like making sure that it fit in the box. Like I was doing pretty much everything by myself. Okay, Um, I can see why you got burnt out. Wow. Yeah, and the thing too is that I didn't have a plan. But the thing is, I knew I had a great product. I knew I had people that loved the product. It was just interesting because I just didn't know what I was doing. Mm. But I have to say it was the best lesson because I was able to come back and come back strong. So everything that I wasn't doing well back then, I figured it out for now. And I also take, took out the opportunity to listen to my customers. So this was a brand new product to everybody. And not only was I learning, I was learning a lot from my customers. Like they were telling me like, wow, Caroline, this is great for the shower, but it's also great for when I wax and, you know, for ingrown hairs. And I'm like, really? And they'd be like, oh, it's great for back acne. I'm like, really? I've never had back acne in my life. And it's probably because I've been using this product. Um, Other people would be like, oh, Caroline, this is great for before I go spray tanning. I don't spray tan. So why would I know that? So I was... I was taking all these notes and I was like, wow. So, you know, I was just learning a lot. And when I came back in 2016 to relaunch, I just made sure to use that as part of, you know, the selling points for the product. So that was really helpful. Also, I got product about the way the product looked and, you know, the way the length of it. And I just, it was just a really good learning experience. I know a lot of people just jump right in and they you know, they don't stop and go back. But I have to say that was a big lesson for me. I learned a lot. So yeah, it was kind of crazy, but it was great. <laughs> Let's talk about that process of, of going back to work. So at that point, you just shut shut down shop and said, you know, I need to get a job. Did you have a idea of how long you wanted to work before trying it again? Or were you at that point convinced you were not going to revisit it? Yeah. So I, well, when I was doing Love Scrub um, the first time, I, one of the biggest reasons why I stopped was because like, yeah, I was making, like, it was bringing in like money, but at the same time too, it wasn't really bringing in enough for me to like, not go back to work. So I was like, let me just go back to work, save money, figure things out and then do it again. And one of the reasons why I actually decided to, um, pursue it full time was because the last job that I worked at, they closed down a lot of stores. It was definitely not going in the right direction. A lot of the stores that I opened closed down. They ended up going, I want to say they ended up going bankrupt. And I was like, you know what? I can't keep doing this. Like, this is crazy. I'm like, you know what? I know Love Scrub is a great product. I know this is a brand that people like. I know that it can do well. Let me just do this full time and not go back to work again. And I had money saved up. Um, I've always been a really good saver. So I actually felt really comfortable like just doing it full time. So I just knew in April, 2016, I was like, this, I'm doing this. Like, this is, I, I have to do this. So you stopped in what, 2012? Yeah. So I stopped in 2012. So that was and, like a four year break. Yeah. I had a lot of time to think a lot of time to daydream. I was always talking about it to people and people were like, why did you stop? And I'm like, well, but I, I always knew I was going to do it again. 
but I just needed to have a good plan, which I didn't have before. So now let's talk about this plan because you I've heard you mention it. I'm all about the plan. I am like, make the plan work the plan. That's what I always say. So let's talk about it. What did you plan differently for your second go round of doing this full time, seriously working out all the kinks? Yeah. So one of the things that I did was I had to get a mentor, period. I did not have guidance the last time. I was kind of like um, figuring it out. I mean, I was lucky enough to know a lot of entrepreneurs and be around people that have developed products, have like, you know, clothing lines and all that. And I've always watched, I've always taken notes. Um, Also just being in the environment that I was in as a career, I was always watching and taking notes. So I, like, I felt good about that, but I needed mentorship. I needed somebody to be like, hey, Caroline, this is what I think you should do. And, you know, I just needed somebody to kind of like hold me accountable. And because I feel like when you're doing this on your own, it's hard, you know, and it's nice to touch base with somebody to be like, okay, I think you should go this way or this way. So that's kind of where what I did first. That was really, really, really important to me. How did you identify that mentor and develop that relationship? Well, I actually um, worked with SCORE and I've heard about them through other people in the past. And I just went on the SCORE website and I found a mentor that had kind of the background that I was looking for, for what I needed. And I reached out to him and, you know, we just like gelled quickly. Like we just, it just felt like the right fit because sometimes when you find a mentor, they might not be the right fit for you, but uh, my mentor, like right away, I just knew I was like, wow, this is the guy that I want to work with. That's awesome. And you guys, I will place a link to score in the show notes. Um, So, you know, now you have this mentor, you're getting back in the game. What were your first steps that you took to get started? Yeah. So um, what I did was I took a look at a lot of the notes that I had from when I first started, Um, just the feedback that I got about the product, you know, the way that it looked, the packaging. And I just like referred to my notes and I was like, okay, I need to do this, 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 and that. So one of the things that I needed to do, I needed to make sure that I wanted to create a beautiful product, period. Mm -hmm. That was like the top of my list. Um, Because sometimes this product is not known to be like, you know, a beautiful product. It's not really that luxurious, but I wanted to make it look beautiful. So finding a factory was really, really important for me. Also to the packaging was critical just because this is a one-dimensional product um you know it's you know it's just like uh it's very simple so the product had to be beautiful in the packaging and the packaging needed to sing so i did take a lot of time to make sure that it looked beautiful sitting on a shelf that people would want to like gravitate towards it. They would want to pick it up. They would want to like know more about it. And um, it was really important to me too, to make sure that the person that was picking up the product was going to be like, Oh wow, what is this? And they would read the back and read my story. And it was kind of like I was gifting a friend this product because, you know, people, you know, they're already set in their ways. They're using a loofah. They're using a washcloth. Some people are using their hands. Believe it or not, people use their hands in the shower and yeah, okay. Anyway, so <laughs> moving, moving right along. <laughs> yeah, moving right along. So I needed to like create a product where people would be like, oh wow, what is mm-hmm. this? And it's like, I'm your friend, just try this, you know? And um, so just like the messaging, the packaging was super important to me. The making sure that I had product knowledge, because this is a product that has never really been 
like, I don't know, there's no like description on the back. There's no like, oh, this is how to use it. This is what you don't want to do with it. Um, so it was really important that people would understand the features and the benefits of the product. So I took a lot of time to write that up and not only have that on the packaging, but also have that on the website as well. Yeah, so I just wanted to, it also to be ready for retail. That was really important to me. When you say ready for retail, um, can you elaborate? Yeah, so the way the product is now, like when you go and purchase it in the marketplace, like it's not in a package, um, there's no instructions. Uh, so, you know, I wanted to make sure that as I mentioned before, the packaging was beautiful, the product looked great, and that a retailer would want to pick it up and want to stock it in their stores. So yes, yeah, so I wanted to make sure that, you know, everything was like described on the box, make sure that there was like room for a barcode. So, you know, that was like a really, really important thing to me. I'm glad that you touched on how much effort and thought you put into the packaging because yes your packaging is beautiful it stands out it, it is like a work of art and you would think oh you know you're so used to going into um a beauty aisle with like shower products and things are kind of just hanging it's kind of like a, a spongy thing on a string <laughs> but you have created this like art piece like I've been to um different fairs or festivals where there's a retail section and yours can first of all go on with anything like it can be a uh, flat laid or, or sit on a shelf with like a candle it, it it's something you want in your bathroom as decor and also it is so effective on your skin so kudos to you for doing that and did your mentor help you through that process or were there things or resources that you found that helped you to think through you know where do I go to get a manufacturer or how do I make the most effective box? Yeah. So I've all, always been very lucky to know um, people that have had their own lines, like either product or apparel. So I've always had, um, I could always just like, you know, look to them or just be inspired to them from them in order to like, you know, figure out where I wanted the packaging to go. My mentor actually helped me with all the, um, the back of the house stuff, like just like the operations, like making sure that I was ready to like launch and all that stuff. But as far as the like the packaging goes, a lot of the packaging um, designs came from or ideas came from like my first package because I had it in a specific size box. You know, it was pretty animated and it had like a you know, a certain kind of feel to it. And so I kind of took some of those things and brought it into the new box. And with this, uh, the new packaging that I uh, have now, I knew that I wanted it to be black and white. Like as far as like the African print, that came from, that, that actually came from me. Like one day I woke up and I, I was, I was struggling with the packaging for a while because it took me a long time to think about it. And one day I woke up, I was like, wait a second, it has to be an African print. And that's, where we went with it. And um, I decided to uh, go forward with the African print. And, you know, what was really important to me was making sure I kept the DNA of West Africa in the box because this is a African beauty ritual, you know? So that is something that was really, really important to me. So it kind of came for me. And then I did partner with somebody in designing the box and make sure that we had the right dye lines to go to the factory, but the initial like African print and all that, and then the size and all that came from me. But then I did work with other people to help bring it to life. 
I think that's why I love the packaging so much because I love all things African print. And I'm yeah. just like, this This is literally decor. This could go in my living room, my bathroom, <laughs> my kitchen. <laughs> what was really important to me too with this packaging was I wanted it to feel like, um, you know, I wanted people want to, to gift it to other people and I didn't want them to have to like wrap it mm. or, you know what I mean? Like you can just put a bow on it and Smart. Hand it, or just yep. hand it to somebody as it is, you know, so... But yeah, I like having the African print was so important to me because this is an African ritual. So I just wanted to keep the DNA there for sure. Hey guys, it's Michaela here with a quick word from our sponsors. You know one detail that really, really impresses me about small businesses? When they have their label inside of their product. Whether your side hustle is knitting items or maybe you have an apparel shop on Etsy or Shopify, the presentation and price point of your items increases exponentially with that professional label. And that is what today's sponsor, Dutch Label Shop, provides. Dutch Label Shop produces retail quality woven clothing labels. Their labels are the same kind of durable fabric labels that you see on big brands in stores. They have figured out a way to make the same high-quality labels at virtually any quantity and at an affordable price. In addition to woven labels, Dutch Label Shop also offers printed care labels. Plus, they offer pre-made size labels and custom hang tags. And right now, Side Hustle Pro listeners can get a special discount on every label product that Dutch Label Shop sells. Head over to DutchLabelShop.com and enter the promo code HUSTLEPRO at checkout to take 15% off your order. Y'all, my list of things to do for this show used to be longer than an encyclopedia. On top of juggling motherhood and the baby, I barely had time to record this podcast. My list was full of things like get back to sponsor with contract, publish show and schedule show notes, clean out inbox, research new aspects of my business. Then I heard about Fancy Hands. They are the fastest, most affordable virtual assistant service in the country with a team of assistants based right here in the U.S. That's right, 100% U.S.-based workers. Fancy Hands gives you a team of assistants ready to work for you right now. Just tell them what you need done and they'll handle it. This is an incredible service that actually lets you focus on what you do best. So here's my list of things to do today. Record podcasts. That's it. Fancy Hands will do the rest. Go to fancyhands.com and enter the code HUSTLEPRO for 50% off your first month. That's fancyhands.com and enter the code HUSTLEPRO for 50% off your first month. So let's get back to how you change your strategy the second go round. First of all, what was different about your marketing? Yeah. So um, for the marketing, it was really, really important that I had a brand that you could not only see, but you could feel. So I came up with the slogan, um, scrub yourself sexy. So that to me felt like the best way to go for the product, because every time I heard somebody using the product, they kept on saying, wow, I just feel so smooth and I feel so sexy. And I'm like, wow, scrub yourself sexy. That's great. So I just kind of started working off of that. And I started to like, you know, go through and find photos that like resonated with that um, slogan. And I just started to build a marketing campaign and 
started building my brand off of that. Um, so that was something that I did that was much different than I did the first time that was really, really helpful um, for sure. And, you know, also too, I feel like the packaging is sexy, you know, this, the Instagram, you know, I wanted it to feel sexy. Like I just like, you know, that was just really important that that was the main tone of the brand. So that was something I was really, really focused on. Also too, the second time around, what I focused on was uh, the retailers and just making sure that I got into, you know, I really wanted to be in the spa environment. That was like my main focus was that also being in like beauty boutique stores. But as my customers were using the product and giving me feedback, I realized, wow, like this is great for, you know, waxing customers, like people that are, you know, doing like Brazilians or doing like, you know, waxing their legs, whatever, because it's great for ingrown hair. So um, it went from more spas to going to like the waxing salons, which was awesome. I would have to say the second time around, definitely the waxing salons was a big um, part of, you know, stores that we went into and is continuing to go that direction now. Do you ever experience pushback with all of these pitches to these different boutiques, these different waxing salons? Like it sounds kind of seamless when you're you're saying it like you pitched it and they, they wanted an order and you fulfilled it. But what is that process like? Yeah, well, it's funny. In the beginning, um, I was pitching all the time and like it, it was exhausting, <laughs> but I had to keep pitching. And, you know, a lot of times I heard no and then I would hear yes. And then, you know, we got to a point where we got so busy that a lot of times like we're having, um, you know, the accounts come to us, which is really, really nice. However, I know that's not usually the case. You know, we are going to be getting to a point where we're going to be bringing in a sales team that's going to be going on and continuing to doing the pitches because I think that's something that always needs to happen. But it went from like me pitching all the time to everyone coming to Love Scrub, which is actually really nice. That (laughs) is nice. (laughs) How much emphasis did you put on PR in the beginning days? I know that Love Scrub has been featured in some awesome write-ups, amazing publications. So was that you're doing in terms of more proactive pitching or did that come with time and exposure? Yeah, actually, um, one of the things that was really, really important to me was to get it in the press. Um, the first time around, we were not press ready, um, you know, because there was still opportunity with the product and the packaging and all that. But this time around, I was like, listen, I need to get this product out here. I'm doing this 100%. Like, let's do this. So I actually ended up um, getting a press mentor that helped me with, you know, writing the perfect pitch and, you know, just encouraging me to like, you know, get those pitches out there and just to keep going. Press is really hard, but, you know, he always said, Carolyn, you have to keep going. And I, that's what I did, but that was like a major thing. So before we launched um, in December, 2016, I think I went to meet with him. I think it was like in September, 2016, just to talk to him you know, tell him my story. And he helped me carve a pitch. And um, he didn't do the work for me. I'm the one that had to do the work, but I just kept going. And I remember my schedule when I first started, 
I had like, you know, one week would be press um, week, the next week would be sales. So I would just like rotate it. And, you know, I would just write to all the beauty editors and I would just, you know, write, follow up, write, follow up. And I heard no a lot. And then, um, you know, then I started to hear yeses. And then it got to a point where um, stories were just being written. And it was just like, it was just amazing. (laughs) It was so great, but it was a lot of work for sure. I love that you talked about your phased approach because I am a big advocate of batching tasks and just saying, you know, on this day, I'll focus on that. Then I'll go back to focusing on that the next day. And it it absolutely works, especially when you're an army of one to just like knock out as much on one thing as possible and then go back to the next thing. Now, I notice with the Love Scrub, it is meant to last for a while. So what is the process of getting repeat customers? Yeah, um, it does last a long time. <laughs> and, um, you know, last we recommend that you change it after 18 months. And the reason why is because after the 18 months, the, the knots that make it exfoliate your skin loosen. So mm. it's really important to replace it. But also too, like after 18 months, you kind of just need a new one. You know? Yeah, if not before. I mean, just, just for your own, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But what the great thing about the product and the way that it's packaged, like what happens is like a lot of people that purchase it, they come back anyways to purchase it as a gift. So even if they're not purchasing it for themselves, right, like um, right away, they're purchasing to give it to somebody else. So that's how I get people to come back, which is really awesome. But yeah, I mean, I think too, like with it, like we recommending to like change it every 18 months, um, you know, people do come back. Our return rate is very, very high. And I think that it is a benefit. And, you know, um, I know for the most part, like a lot of people are into, or they, you know, they're using like the loofahs where you're tossing them every three months and all that. And, you know, that's what retailers want. That's what brands want. But, you know, honestly, it's really all about sustainability and making things last. And I think that's how we keep our customers coming back because they know that we're giving a quality product. Our service is great. Um, You know, we put the customer first, you know, we have a brand experience that, you know, um, you know, people love, they love the way that they feel after they use the product. They love the way their skin looks, whatever. They want to share the love with their, their friends and family. So yeah, I think that's what helps them, you know, come back and purchase more. So now let's transition a little bit into the financial aspects of business. Now, a lot of people lose money in the first few years of their business. You have had the not so unique experience of starting, stopping, starting again. Um, What was your experience on the financial side? Yeah. So um, right now, like when we launched the second time in 2016, I have to say like we've had nice growth each year. Um, We haven't really experienced any loss, um, which has been really awesome. So yeah, that's kind of like where it's been. Like I have, you know, I'm always putting money back into the business. Um, I take a very small salary for myself and everything just goes back into the business. And, you know, I'm just really thankful that we've been profitable um, since we started. So how, how big is the team at this point? So right now there are five people on the team and we're looking to grow. We just got a space 
so excited. It's it's time. <laughs> Just got a space um, where we're going to be focusing on a couple certain things. So I'm right now in the process of hiring a couple more people. But um, but right now we're at five that everyone has their own like tasks that they have to take care of. So and it's been really great because you can't do this by yourself. This is a lot. Um, when I first started, like, I kind of was just like, yeah, you know, I just wanted to have this business and just do it. And, you know, but the business just wants to grow on its own. And I think, um, you know, this is a product that is needed. It's a product that answers a lot of people's prayers. I never realized how many people weren't satisfied in their shower with what they were using. I mean, I knew I was satisfied, but I didn't realize there was such a need for a product that was <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was sustainable, that also had so many benefits. Like this product replaces your back brush. It replaces a dry brush. Every time you use it, you just feel good. Like if you take a shower and you don't feel clean and smooth after, what is the point? I mean, seriously. Seriously. (laughs) So yeah, so it's just definitely a great category to be in. I'm really, you know, I'm excited to see where the business is going to go. But yeah, we've been very lucky to continue to see growth. That's awesome. And in this year of COVID 2020, um, how has that impacted you? And, you know, how are you guys pushing forward? Yeah, so it's been interesting. Um, You know, March was a a weird month. You know, that was the month that we all went into lockdown. And I have to say that was like, you know, it was a kind of a slow month for us. You know, February was a really strong month. I I went to a trade show and that went really well. And all of a sudden March came around and everything was like, what's going on? But I have to say with COVID, I feel like people are taking more time to take care of themselves and making themselves more of a focus. So we have actually been seeing really nice growth this year, um, despite COVID, which has been pretty amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. And you know what? As you say that, I am actually not shocked because you're right. I see so many people just trying to do as much self-care and just taking care of themselves as much as possible because of all that's going on in the world. Like you just need a moment of, you need to turn your home into your own spa, right? Because for a long time, everything was shut down. So I'm, I'm really, really happy to hear that. And especially with how many businesses have had to shut down. And um, so what's next for Love Scrub? Yeah, so there's a lot of exciting things happening um, in the pipeline. Um, Right now, we are focused on um, just creating, continuing to create a beautiful product and making sure that we get it into um, as many hands as possible. So just focusing on the retail front, also building our online store. Um, We are looking to expand in the future. Can't say exactly what we're doing yet. But there is definitely more to come as far as like different categories and all that. I'm super excited about it. Um, we've been getting asked a lot like, hey, like, when are you going to come out with this? Or what about this? What about this? And I'm like, oh, it's coming. Um, I actually am kind of a perfectionist. So I think a lot. And it takes me kind of a, you know, a little bit of a long time to, you know, think things through. But I just like to do things like once. Um, I want to just make sure whatever I put out, I'm absolutely in love with, that it's in line with the brand, it feels right. And so, yeah, so there's more to come. So stay tuned. We are staying tuned. Okay, (laughs) so now we're going to jump into the lightning round. You just answer the very first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yes. 
Alrighty. Number one, what is a top resource in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Score. I mentioned it before. Score is everything. Um, I have a mentor for pretty much every aspect of my business from PR to operations, um, importing, you know, law, all that. So I'm a big fan of SCORE. Number two, what has been the best business book that you have consumed this year? I have to say Words That Sell has been a great book for me from the beginning till now. I absolutely love that book. Um, It definitely helps me with, you know, copy. And I think I heard about it on your podcast. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's where I got the book, but it's amazing. So all right. I hope that helps someone else as well. Number three, if you have a daily routine, what is a non-negotiable part of it? 9 a.m. is showtime. Okay. Monday through Friday. I don't care what's going on. I have to be at my desk at 9 a.m., period. That is great. I love that. Okay. Number four, um, what do you think is a personal habit that has helped you significantly on this path? I would have to say a personal habit for me is working out. I have to work out and eat healthy. Um, I think that keeps my keeps my mind clear, keeps me feeling good. Um, if I don't work out, I notice that my day does not go as great as I would like it to go. So... All right. And lastly, what would be your parting advice for Black women entrepreneurs who have a similar journey of starting a business, then having to stop, you know, go back to work for a little bit and still have that desire to revisit their business and give that their all? What would be your advice to them? I mean, you have to just ask yourself, how bad do you want this? You want to think about the pros and the cons. And I bet you anything, the pros will outweigh the cons. Um, You want to make sure that you're okay with being uncomfortable for a while. Um, That means that no shopping, making sure that you're cooking at home, making sure that you're saving every penny. Um, Also, too, you want to think about, like, do you want to work for your own dreams or work on somebody else's dreams? And that's something that I've always thought about myself. And that's why I'm here doing what I'm doing now. I was tired of other people writing my story for me. So that's just what you want to ask yourself. And then I bet you anything, you'll just go for it. Uh, Indeed. Those were very, very strong words and just the right note to end this episode on. I mean, just being tired of someone else writing your story. That is just so powerful. You guys, if you want to hear more from Caroline and get the notes from this episode, head over to sidehustlepro.co. And Caroline, where can we connect with you after this episode? Um, Connect with me. I am always on Instagram. um, So you can send us a DM. Also Facebook as well. And that's at Love Scrub, right? At Love Scrub. Yes. All right. So there you have it, you guys. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.